I, I don't I don't know if you guys know this, um, but I am super flexible. Ooh. You want know, to see? That, that's not true. I am not super flexible. So this one time we were at this restaurant in Louisville. It's called Lucky Pie. It's one of my favorite places to get pizza. They have great pizza there. Um, and the cool thing about this place is like it's right next door to this ice cream place. So whenever you go get pizza, you go get ice cream afterwards. Or you can do it the other way around. You know, whichever your preference is. Um, but like out in front, there's like this big grass area. It's not real grass, it's fake grass, but it's a big grass area where like kids play and do fun stuff. And this one time we were there with a big group of people and um, this group of people included my friend Zach, whom most of you know. And, and Zach has this thing that he likes to do, he likes to show people how high he can kick. And I thought, well, maybe I can kick high too. And so, so I was out in this big group of people and I kicked my foot up high in the air and I heard this sound. It, it was the sound of shame. Because we weren't at the end of our meal, we were at the beginning of our meal, and that meant that I had to go through the whole meal with my pants ripped so bad, <laughs> like the entire crotch of my pants was ripped out, like all the way down to my knee. That's what I get, that's what I get. So it, it's, super, it's super fun because when you have ripped pants, no one will talk to you. I don't know if you know this. It's really hard to have a conversation with somebody whose underwear is showing. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever noticed that? Like, no? No? You've never been in that situation where you've had to talk to somebody whose underwear was showing? Yeah, well, needless to say, the, our, our server that night was not very responsive. Now, I think we've all been in situations where, where we've felt like there's a disconnect. Like, like we, we really want to connect. We want to connect with the group of people that we're in. We want to connect with one another. But there's just something that's keeping us from connecting. I think, you know, some of the things that might create that space for us is, you know, maybe, maybe you're the only single person in a group. You're, you're in a group of married couples and you're the only single person. That can kind of create a little bit of disconnection. Maybe you're the newly divorced and you're in this group of people who are all happily married. Maybe you're uh, broke <laughs> Have you, ever, have you ever been in that situation like everybody's talking about what they're going to do after church? Yeah? And, and everybody's like, hey, we're going to go out to eat. And you're like, you know, I have, um, I have, I'm praying and fasting this weekend. 
Or, or you're, you're like, you're st- you, you really want to be included in the group, but you don't really know. So let me just, this is a side note. This is a side note. If you plan on paying for another person for lunch, let them know up front. It's, it's just really helpful. Like, because if they get there and they assumed that you were inviting them out for lunch and you were going to buy them, and then they get there and they don't have any money, that's a really awkward situation. I know this because I was a Bible college student. And, <laughs> and during my entire time at CBC, every Sunday after service, people would be making plans. And, and a lot of times people would be, they, they were very generous and they would invite our family out and they buy us food. But sometimes that's not what happened. And when you, as a family of five at the time, are invited out to go eat with a group of people and then you get there and you find out that this is Dutch, that, that's different. That's a different budget scenario. So, and... That's just, that's free. Like just, you know, after service, when you're making plans, just like, I encourage that. Like you, if you want to be generous, like that's awesome. Just let people know. Say, hey, I'd like to buy you lunch. It's, it's that easy. And if, if they don't want you to buy them lunch, maybe they want to buy you lunch. And that'll create that. That's, that's separate. That's free. I just <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there. I know I, I've been in that situation enough times throughout my life that I just wish somebody would have said to me, hey, we're th- we're, this is Dutch. It's not hard to say. It's a little, it's a little racist against Dutch people, but <laughs> we don't mind. We, we, I am. I am. I am Dutch. I'm, I'm 50% Dutch, so I feel like I can say that. Um, <laughs> So, well, well, Dutch is where you, when you go out to eat and you split the bill. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Dutch people aren't very generous, is the, is the implications there. So, there, there are times where, where we really want to connect with one another. We really want to make that connection. You know, there are times we just finished this series on the, the, the what was it called? Invisible. Seeing the invisible, about those times where you're wandering through the desert and feeling like you can't connect with God. Maybe that's what you're really looking for. You really want to connect with God, but there's some kind of barrier. So let's let's do a little investigation into some fundamentals of Christian theology before we jump in, okay? You ready? The uh, Christian theology believes that there's one God in three persons, that the one God in three persons are not three gods that we call one God. They are three persons in essence and the interesting thing about that idea is that within the context of, of Trinitarian theology, like the important part is the relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like the, the, the power of God is found within that relationship. It's a really interesting idea. 
it would be it would be it would be easy to say that in the beginning you know the first verses of the bible say in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth it it would also be pretty easy to say especially when you read through the book of genesis like there's these we languages this we language it would be really easy for us to say that in the beginning relationship created the heavens and earth. In the beginning, connection created the heavens and earth. That God is connection. So when God says in the, in the beginning that he created man and woman in his image, he created us for connection. He created us for relationship. That's one of the aspects of what it means to be created in the image of God. God made us to both connect with him and with one another. Like in the very beginning, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. He created just Adam. And so then he created Eve because it's not good for man to be alone. So if we're created in God's image, and that means we're created for connection. We're created for relationship. Let me, let me just read this quote. Um, this, this quote is by a researcher named uh, Brene Brown, and she says this, connection is why we're here. It is what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. The power that connection holds in our lives was confirmed when the main concern about connection emerged as the fear of disconnection. The fear that something we have done or failed to do Something about who we are or where we come from has, has made us unlovable and unworthy of connection. We're hardwired for connection. There's no arguing with the bioscience. We can want it so badly that we're trying to hotwire it. We're going to be looking this morning at a couple of verses, but we're going to start out in the book of 1 John. Chapter 1, 1 John is a, an epistle. It's a letter that the Apostle John wrote to uh, one, of the, one of the churches. Apostle John is also the one who wrote the book of Revelation. Um, he's also the one who wrote the book of John, the beloved John. He, he's one of the, the disciples of Jesus. And in this letter, he opens up in a very similar way that he does, he opens up the book of John. The book of John talks about, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he starts this letter very similarly. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, with our, looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's talking about Jesus. But we're going to start in verse 5. He says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship 
with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. What does that mean? What does that mean? God is light. There's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. I think I think one of the things that we that we struggle with is that we're afraid that God is looking for an excuse to expose us. That God is looking for an excuse to show that we're an imposter, that we're a fake, that we're a phony. We're afraid that God doesn't actually want anything to do with us. When we read verses like this, we, we, we read like, well, God is just going to expose, you know, the light is going to expose. It's like pull, lifting up. Have you ever, when, when I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do was in the backyard, we had these rock pads. My mom hated this. In our garden, we had this rock path that went down the center of the garden, and we would flip the rocks over. And when we flipped the rocks over, there were all kinds of creepy crawly bugs under there. Roly polies and these really David David likes roly polies. <laughs> Ask him about it later. Um, millipedes, uh, all of these gross bugs, worms. And when you flip the rock over, like all of a sudden, all of these bugs that hadn't seen the light of day in forever, all of a sudden were exposed. And what, what do they do? They scamper away. They, they dig deeper. They, the roly-polies all roll into a ball. Which is, I think, what, what, what we do. God brings his light into our lives. God brings and, and shines the... the the light of his truth into our hearts and into our lives. And what we do is we oftentimes, we run away. We go back into hiding. We find a new hiding place. But the problem is, is that I, I think that we do that because we misunderstand what God's intention there is. We misunderstand what God is doing when he shines the light in our lives. God reveals something that he points out and he says, hey, you need to deal with this. You need to wrestle with this. You need to get rid of this. And, and we think, I think what we do is we, we have this response that, that, that says, well I, well, I don't want to. And because, because we don't want to get rid of that thing, get rid of that place, get rid of that, that brokenness, get rid of that sin, what we do is we assume that God has ill intentions towards us. That he's, he's trying to hurt us. That, that this, this light is intended for evil. But Jesus, John says in, in this, he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with what? With one another. 
The challenge is, is that when we have these things going on in our life, God reveals the light with, with his light. He reveals these things that we're dealing with, these, whether they're uh, mistakes that we make on a daily basis, whether they're broken places, whether they're wounded parts of our hearts, God reveals those things so that we can have connection with one another and so that we can have connection with him. And, and but the thing is, is that like, we, we, we don't like that. Do you, do you like that? Uh, you like it when God says that thing, that thing that you're holding on to, you need to get rid of that. No, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that because well, one, I've really grown accustomed to it. It's become a part of who I am. But God points and he says, you need, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this pain. You need to deal with this shame. You need to deal with this sin. You need to deal with this broken place in your life. And when he does, we go back into hiding. Verse 8 says, if we join, I, there's a light right in front of that. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Like God shines the light in our lives. And what we like to do is go back in hiding so we can continue claiming that we are without sin. If we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, I love this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Beginning of chapter two says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So, so when God brings his light, he reveals these things that are going on in your heart and in your life that you're trying to keep on the DL, you're trying to keep in the background, you're trying to not let anybody know about what's going on inside your heart, you're trying to let, not let anybody know that, that you're, you're actually, you actually ha- are a, have a lot of doubt. You're not sure whether you actually believe that God is real. You don't want to let, let anybody know that. You're actually dealing with a whole bunch of things in your heart and in your life that, that are controlling you whether it's addiction, whether it's uh, substances, whether it's uh, pornography, whatever it is, like you're dealing with these things in your heart and in your life and God is trying to reveal it. God is trying to bring it out and you think that the reason why God is trying to bring it out is because he's trying to bring your destruction. But the reality is, is those things, those hurt places, those wounds, those sin, those things are creating a space where you cannot connect with God and you cannot connect with one another. But 
But here's the thing. It's not on us. Like, like the work isn't on us. Like 100% God has already done the work. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So that, that thing that you're holding on to, that you're clinging to with dear, for dear life, God's already dealt with it. God's already done the work. Now let, let's, we're going to push pause for just a minute. We're going to come back to the, the scripture. I want to I talk about something. We want to talk about this idea of shame. What is shame? Shame is this overwhelming sense that there's something wrong with us. Shame is this overwhelming sense that there's something about us that is deeply broken. Shame is this sense that there's something that either that we've done or that has been done to us that makes us unworthy of love, unworthy of belonging, unworthy of connection, unworthy of having a place in this world, unworthy of community, unworthy of relationship with God. The problem is, is that here, here's uh, the definition. Shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and therefore of unworthy of acceptance and belonging. Shame creates feelings of fear, blame, and disconnect. See, the problem is, is that There, there's this there, there's this thing that happens in our lives. Whether whether you make a mistake, whether you you commit a sin, whether you you're in a a bad relationship, whether you're in a broken place, and, and you're you're in this place, and like you know, like if you confess to God, God will forgive you, and that's great, that's exciting, that's awesome. But the problem is, is that there's something in us that doesn't believe that that's true. There's something in us that believes that God, God actually is angry with us. God is actually against us. And, and, and that happens not only when we sin, but sometimes, sometimes that happens when we're sinned against. Like someone hurts us. Someone introduces pain into our lives. Someone hurts us. We, we have that same experience of shame. And so we have to, we have to, th- this, is, this is the thing. Shame does not exist in the light. The, the verse that we're looking at this morning talks about how God is light and he brings that light into our lives. 
And that if we walk in the light, like we can have fellowship with one another and we can have fellowship with God. And so the only way to defeat shame is by bringing it into the light. Guess what? That's scary. (laughs) That's scary as all get out because we're afraid that if we do bring that shame out into the open, guess what? That we're going to be right that we are unworthy of love and belonging. We are not worthy of connection. We are like, like if we reveal these things that are going on inside of us, that we're going to feel, we're, we're going we're gonna to realize that all of a sudden that yes, God is angry with us. God does hate us. God, God does challenge us. God is working against us. So step one, Step one is we have to recognize shame. There, there are things like we know what the we all know that feeling. It's more than just ripping your pants. That's more that's more embarrassment than it is shame. But that feeling of like intense, painful disconnection. What what are the things in your life? that make you feel that? What are the things that when someone says to you, like you're like overwhelmed with that feeling? What, what are the, the moments where those things, we have to recognize the things that, that cause us to feel shame? We have to practice critical awareness, which means why, why, where did this come from? What, what is the cause? Why do I feel this way about this situation? Why do I feel this way about what God is revealing in my heart? And then, we have to reach out and tell our story. Here's the thing. When we share, I mean, John, John said it, when we confess our sins throughout scripture, we're not only supposed to confess both to God, like we would really like it if we could keep it on the, in an inner circle, like, we, like where we wouldn't have to tell anybody else what we're dealing about. We could just whisper it to God in God's ear. Okay, we're good. But the problem is, is that we have to tell our story. Because if we don't tell our story, then that shame will continue to control us. When we tell our story, when we tell our story, that's when the light is revealed. And the beautiful thing about that is that our community, here's the thing that you may not realize. There are people in this room who are struggling with the exact same thing that you are. There are people in this room who are struggling with the same doubts, the same fears, the same pain, the same patterns. And they need to hear your story. 
They need to hear what God has done in your life. They need to hear what God has revealed and God has shown and God has challenged in your life. The last thing that we need to do is we need to speak the shame. This is important because for shame to continue in your heart and in your life, it requires secrecy. It requires silence. So, so as, as we experience these things, when, when we experience shame, we go through a, we kind of go through this, this thing where we develop these defense mechanisms. Like you have a way that you react when you feel shame, like all of us do. And there's three basic kinds of defense mechanisms. Um, and, and, and maybe you can't, Maybe you don't rec- relate to this, but maybe you you know people like this. They're, the first defense, defense mechanism is moving against shame. And this is exhibited by the people who, in reacting towards feelings of shame, they get controlling. They lash out. They get angry. They become aggressive. Like you, sh- if they feel feelings of shame, their response is to get to get in your face and push back and get defensive. Um, there, there are those who move away from shame. Those, uh, and you can actually like depending on what kind of shame and what are the things that you're feeling. Like you can actually have all three of these defense mechanisms, but um, the, the this moving away from shame is where, shame is where you withdraw. Like I'm gonna go hide in a corner. I'm gonna go hide under a rock. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull away from the community. I'm gonna pull away from relationship. I'm gonna pull away from uh, so nobody can see me. And then there's the the third one, moving towards shame. And this is the person who, in response to feeling shame, they work overtime for approval. They work overtime to make sure everybody likes them. They work overtime to make sure that you approve of them. The problem is, is that these defense mechanisms, this defense mechanism, this, this scurrying away from the light, which is what all of these are, is primarily the thing that keeps us away from connection. It keeps us away from relationship. It keeps us away from drawing near to God. Like when God reveals this thing in your life and and he does that, amazing thing is most often, most often the way God reveals these things in our lives is through relationship. Have you ever noticed that? It's the people that, are closest to you, that can push your buttons the easiest. They know where you're tender. (laughs) They know the broken places. They know what not to say, but they also know what to say. (laughs) 
the reality is, is that when God reveals these things, if we don't let God do a work in our lives, if we don't acknowledge that we're dealing with this, if we don't tell our story, if we don't, if we don't speak that these are the things, if we don't confess the shame, then we're always going to be disconnected. We're always going to feel like God is the the ceiling is glass, like God, our prayers bounce off the ceiling, like there's no connection, like like. And we've all been in that situation where there where there's something we're not saying that because we have to dodge around that thing, we have to constantly work around that thing, we can't reveal that thing, then all of a sudden, like we feel really distant from the people that we love. The first key to unraveling shame is to walk in the light, allowing God to shine light on the parts of our lives that are controlled by shame. So, so we, we have this, this, this thing where God calls us into relationship with him. And we think, well, we're, I'm, I'm fundamentally broken. I'm fundamentally, there's something wrong with me. But the reality is, is that when we read scripture, if we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 17, Paul is re- describing this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry of the work where God creates uh, that mends that relationship back together. And he says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, you ready? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're here and we're we're struggling to make and feel connected to God. God is trying to reveal these things in us and we're afraid that if he does, if he brings it out into light, then who will ever love us? But God has already done the work. The work is already complete. The shame is already erased. God has already borne the entire weight of your shame, of your brokenness, the things that you're afraid to reveal. You're afraid that if anybody knew this about me, if anybody knew what I'd been through, if anybody had exp- knew what I experienced or if anybody knew what I've done, 
God, if anybody knew, if anybody knew, we've already been made. God has already done the work. God has already created the way, the path. God has already done the thing that needs to be done. This morning, I want to challenge you. What are the areas in your life that when somebody pokes that area, like you get a reaction every time? Think about it. What are the the places in your heart where you feel most insecure? I want to challenge you this morning to let God use his light to reveal what's going on there. To ask God, God, what are you doing? What is happening right here? God, come in and heal this area of my life. Come in and show me your love. And, and, and I love that, that song that we sang. While we were foes, Your love was fighting for us. While we were far away, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not, not when we got everything together, not when we had everything figured out. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so here's the thing. Those areas in your life where where, where you feel overwhelming shame, those areas in your life where you feel overwhelming brokenness, overwhelming fear, you can trust God with those. You can trust God with those. You can give those to God. And I, I, I'm going to ask um, them to, we're going to roll that song, and I'm going to ask the guys who are going to help me with communion to make their way this way. Um, communion stuff is over here. You ever thought about that word, communion? Communion? It, within the context of communion is this idea of relationship. And, 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 if we could go ahead and pass them out. Um, hold on to them once you get them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ made a way for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet overwhelmed with our shame, while we were yet overwhelmed with our brokenness, God created a path for us to have connection and relationship with God. The, the one thing that we fear, the, the thing that we fear, the, the thing that we fear that we are not worthy of love and belonging, that, that there's something fundamentally wrong with us, there's some, something fundamentally broken about us, God has already dealt with that. 
Matthew chapter 26. Verse 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the right for, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So, so right before Jesus went to the cross, he, he did this thing. He took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. He took a cup and said, this is my blood. I, I am doing everything that's necessary for you to be connected with God. Everything that's necessary for you to enter into relationship with God and with one another. John said, if you walk in the light, you can have relationship with one another. When you allow that light in, when you allow the light to reveal those places. So this morning, as we take communion, I just want to challenge you. One of the things Paul says in, in one of his writings is he talks about, he challenges the, the church in Corinth to, to examine their lives before they take communion. Before they, before they take communion. To examine their hearts this morning I want to I want to challenge you to do that we're gonna take a few minutes and, and and as you do as you examine your heart as as you ask, ask God to reveal in your heart to, to shine his light on your heart know this there's no walking home kick down He's already done the work. He's already, like, he's already done the work. Like, you you have nothing to be afraid of as God reveals those things in your life. He wants, he wants to have relationship with you. That is the purpose. Like, we have this longing for connection and relationship, and we're afraid that we don't deserve it. But God made us deserve it. In Jesus, he made us deserve it. You're worthy in Jesus. He's already made you worthy of love and belonging in Jesus. That path for connection is already made. So when God reveals those things in your life and in your heart, you don't have to be afraid. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. 
We thank you for your, your sacrifice. We thank you that what you did made the way for us to be able to connect with you. That you heal our relationships as you heal our hearts, as you wash away our shame. This morning as we, as we take the bread, God, we accept your body. We pray, I pray this morning that your presence would be so very real this morning in our hearts and in our lives as we, as we take the bread. Go ahead and take the bread. Lord, we thank you for your blood. We thank you that you have already purchased our forgiveness. You made a way so that we do not have to be disconnected, that we do not have to be far away. God, I pray as you shine your light on us, Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to see that light as kindness to see the work that you're trying to do in our hearts and in our lives, not as, as your judgment, but as your kindness. That you bring your light so that we can be whole. That you bring your light so that we can walk upright. That we can walk in relationship with you and with one another without shame. Lord, we accept that. Thank you for your blood. Take So this morning, I'm gonna. I want to give you a few minutes to 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 continue to pray through this. Because I think I think sometimes we rush through things. We rush past. Like okay, we got it. What are the things that God is revealing in your heart? Like, be a little honest with yourself. What are the things that God right now is revealing? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to tell your story? How are you going to name that? How are you going to use your community as a way bring freedom in, in that space in your life. What are you going to do? If we could bring that up just a little bit.
we thank you for your relentless love that pursues us, that keeps showing up. We thank you that you open the door for us. God, I pray that this morning that if there are any here that that are really wrestling with shame, God, I pray that you would you would show yourself to them, that you would reveal to them that you are working good in their life, that you are working grace in their life, you are working towards helping them to know that they are loved and they are that they belong in your family and that they belong in your kingdom, God. I pray that you would just break down those walls. That you would help them to see that their defense mechanisms are only hurting. 